are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock here with you on this Tuesday episode of the show. Broke down the entire haul for the 49ers on yesterday's show, including talking about some undrafted free agents. Today, I'm going to drop the shadow 49ers, the players I would have picked when the 49ers were on the clock and talk about some of those players. And uh, that's not going to take up the whole show. I do want to get into this post-draft mailbag. Got a lot of people asking a lot of questions in. We'll talk more about the actual 49ers, including all the 2019 rookies. You can get Locked On 49ers and all the podcasts on the network on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and when you're in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On 49ers. Man, I really feel like the 2019 draft, the story, when you look back at it, it was the year of the value. And when I was making my selections for the Shadow 49ers, the players I think the 49ers should have, could have picked players I would have picked when the 49ers were on the clock. And I've done pretty well. You can go back and find all of my, I think it's in my pinned tweet, and I'll, and I'll tweet it out again, and I'll have my write-up here probably available today or tomorrow at LockedOn49ers.com describing all of the picks and why I would have done things and, and how I would have done things and players I was liking in certain areas of the draft. And I'll have the links to all the old Shadow 49ers drafts so you can see how, uh, how I did and keep score. And uh, it matches up with the real thing, I think, uh, to be honest with you. I think for six years, done this since 2013, I would 100% take my haul every single draft. Um, I think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have done a little bit better than the the end of the Trent Baalke era, which got really ugly starting in about 2012. And even the guys he hit on in 2011, like Kaepernick and Alden Smith, are out of the league for various reasons. So uh, even the good drafts that Baalke had aren't looking as good in hindsight as they were for the first few years. So let's get into it. Here is the 2019 Shadow 49ers squad, and it starts just as it did for the 49ers with Nick Bosa, defensive end out of Ohio State. And dude just is a monster and such has such a high floor and a high ceiling to go along with it. And really, no matter, it would have been hard for any team that was picking this high unless you think you need a quarterback like the Arizona Cardinals did, even though they had a top 10 quarterback, which is still going to be a crazy story. I can't believe that happened, man. Still, you draft the top 10 quarterback, trade up to get your guy, and you draft another quarterback the next year, number one overall. And I I think on one hand, they had the balls to do it because teams don't. And I think part of it is just like, oh, we got a quarterback. We don't have to do that now. Let's get some other positions. If they were right and they got themselves a much better quarterback in Kyler Murray over Josh Rosen, then you have to applaud them because they did the right thing and they did a thing that most teams wouldn't have the guts to do. So on that hand, you know, and Cliff Kingsbury is a big part of that and his GM, Steve Kime, allowing him to do it. I think that's a good relationship for a coach and GM to have. So, you know, from that standpoint, it looks good, but it still seems insane because I think Josh Rosen would have absolutely been at least the second or maybe third best quarterback in this draft on most teams' board and probably the second if he would have stayed in college. And he might have been the first quarterback on most teams' board if he would have stayed in school and come out as a rookie this year. And he is younger than a lot of the quarterbacks that got drafted in 2019. So Josh Rosen now in Miami, that is going to be a very interesting uh, thing to track for a very long time there with Murray 
and Rosen. But anyway, Nick Bosa, I think, was probably, along with Quinn and Williams, it was going to be either of those guys, no matter what your roster looks like, because the defensive line is such an important position, getting a stud defensive end, a guy that is that talented, where it's pretty obvious how good he can be, especially when you see his near clone of an older brother already doing big things in the NFL. If he stays healthy, he's going to be an awesome player for a very long time for the 49ers. So Nick Bosa, easy selection, I think, there at number two overall. And then things got weird. I think there were so many players available later in this draft, even more than doing this thing for the last six years. I can't remember players in the third, fourth, fifth round that were still on the board and teams were passing on them that were so obviously just valuable selections. And so we'll get into some of that, uh, starting with pick number two, or the second round pick, pick number 36 overall. And he's a guy that I thought was worthy of a top 10 selection because of his freakiness. And the the obvious strengths he has are just wow, you know, height, weight, speed. But his obvious negatives are are clear. And you see some stiffness on tape. And he didn't run well in his agilities at the combine. But the things he can do well, it's like, what can you do more than what you what can't you do? With DK Metcalf, who was my selection for the Shadow 49ers, I didn't think I would have any potential at all to select DK Metcalf. I thought he was going to be long gone. And I don't know how much his neck injury had to do with him being on the board in the second round. And for 49ers fans, uh, you're going to get to see a lot of DK Metcalf because he was drafted at the end of the second round. The Seattle Seahawks moved up to select him. And man, Russell Wilson throws a good deep ball. DK Metcalf. Could be a thorn in the 49ers side for a long time. And that's going to be another interesting storyline, especially for me being that DK Metcalf was that shadow 49ers selection. I thought I was going to be picking from guys like Dalton Reisner and Hakeem Butler with that second round pick, Uh, maybe some defensive backs. But DK Metcalf was still on the board and you just have to swing for the fences there with that pick. And I had a feeling he wasn't going to be a Kyle Shanahan guy. And I understand why the 49ers might not select him, and they took Debo Samuel, who I really like. He was my third wide receiver in this draft, but my number one wide receiver was there, so I had to select him at 36 overall. DK Metcalf, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Uh, When you got a guy who's 6'4", runs a 4'3", and showed that sort of ability, and he can track the ball. He's not just, he's not just fast and big. He can, he can catch. He's got good hands, you know, some drops occasionally, but a dude who's 20 years old, redshirt sophomore, has a ton of time to grow into the player he can be in the NFL, but he has some things that nobody we've really ever seen has as far as that explosive and just raw power and speed as a wide receiver, and he can track the ball, and he can get deep with the best of them. So at worst, I'm going to see someone like, and I think it was, I can't remember who it was, maybe Steve Palazzolo from Pro Football Focus compared him to Will Fuller, who was a first-round draft pick for the Houston Texans. Because that kind of a deep threat. And imagine if you had Will Fuller, who was, you know, 6'4, 228. That's an insane weapon to have. And uh, I think Demaryius Thomas is what Daniel Jeremiah compared him to, another physical freak. And uh, I like that comp as well. Another first rounder and worthy of a first round pick with what he's been able to do in the NFL. So DK Metcalf, interesting career uh, for me to track. And, and I, we'll see. We'll see if teams were right for passing on him because I'm surprised with that physical. Ability. I, I get teams not wanting to take him super high in the top 10, you know, but when he started to slip toward the end of the first round and into the second round, I'm surprised teams weren't snatching him up. 
Let's go to the third round, 67 overall. This is where the 49ers started to go a little bit off the rails for me, and they drafted Jalen Hurd, who I think has a path to be a good player in the NFL. We'll see how he develops. I think versatility alone isn't enough for me to be drafting a guy in the third round. So we'll see here where he ends up and if he ends up being a really impact sub or even a starting caliber player for the 49ers. Uh, but I had to go with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who again was another player who was falling, who I would have not been surprised at all if he went off the board in the first round. And I thought he was you know, at least a high second round type of a player because of his ability to cover. A free safety out of Florida, he can cover, he can... He has range. He has ball skills. He had some history as a cornerback, but I like him at free safety, and he has that range, and he's one of the few players in this draft, and he was one of the last guys left on the board that I thought really had that center field, single high safety type range that could play uh, the free safety in the 49ers cover three scheme and be out there in the middle of the field and have that sideline to sideline range. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson uh, was was really an easy pick for me here in round three, and what was really interesting, actually, following the second round and seeing where DK Metcalf went off the board and seeing players like a safety out of Delaware, Nasir Adderley, and seeing players like Juan Thornhill go off the board in the last four or five picks of the second round, I thought that might have been, it wouldn't have been a huge cost. Maybe one of those sixth rounders to get up, maybe a future fifth or something like that to get up into the second round from the top of the third and get one of those players and secure that player for the 49ers, I think that would have been totally worth it. Instead, the 49ers hung back. They went with Jalen Hurd, and then they did some trading back later uh, to add a few more picks and, and add some day three selections. Let's move on to round four. Drew Samaya, offensive guard out of Oklahoma, was my selection there. And I actually had some players that were rated a little bit higher, like Amani Arawarie. And um, I just, at this point, it was like the, the offensive linemen were really flying off the board. They were the, they were the ones that you weren't getting the value in because they were going so high. And I thought this was a place where you had to go offensive line. And I still had some sleeper cornerbacks that I liked. So I passed on Arawarie and went with Drew Samaya, guard out of Oklahoma, who I think would definitely fit the 49ers scheme outside zone. He can get out and block on the move. He's He plays nasty. He plays with intensity. Started for four years at Oklahoma, something like 48 starts. Uh, you know, thousands of pass blocking reps, only allowed five sacks in his career. So he can pass block, he can run block, uh, run block. Really good player there. I think he's going to be, you know, maybe not a superstar player, but a long term starter in the league. And and that's what was available in the fourth round. I think is is starters. And the 49ers were really starting to uh, bypass the starters portion of their draft and really going for some special teams talent and some players that they want to use in different ways with versatility and things like that and, and key backups potentially, but there were still some starters on the board to me. All right, we'll finish up the shadow 49ers selections and then get into the locked on 49ers mailbag. And when it comes to selecting the right talent, as I believe the 49ers did with Nick Bosa, uh, hiring is a challenge, and essentially the 49ers hired the best player they could possibly find in this round of candidates. But hiring is challenging, and there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com 
Locked On. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match, unlike some NFL teams. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's one word, locked on, ZipRecruiter.com slash Locked on ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And I think some NFL GMs could utilize that or some owners finding GMs might need some ZipRecruiter. Man, looking back at the players that were falling in this draft's crazy. All the way to the top of the fourth round, Hakeem Butler and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson were there. First pick in the fourth round to the Cardinals was Hakeem Butler. And they already drafted Andy Isabella. So getting some weapons for Kyler Murray were the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury plans on slinging it. So that's going to be an interesting wide receiver core there. And uh, a lot of players I really liked actually going to division rivals in Seattle and Arizona in this draft. Uh, Let's move on to round five of the Shadow 49ers selections. And it's interesting. I I, I can't wait to track the linebackers in this draft because the fifth round was a big run on linebackers. And the 49ers drafted Dre Greenlaw. And he wasn't really on my radar. And when I looked at his tape after the draft, and and I'm looking at the guys that were still on the board in the fifth round, and Mac Wilson was the obvious one falling here. And there were some, I thought I'd be in full-on sleeper mode at this point. And you get a linebacker from Alabama with his resume, like Mac Wilson still on the board. It's like, you have to make that selection here. And, And maybe there's something going on behind the scenes with Mac Wilson off the field. I never heard anything like that. But a linebacker that's 6'1", 240 pounds, he ran a 4.65, and he can cover, which is important this day and age in the league. I would get if he was some big 250-pound thumper who wouldn't be on the field on third downs, but that's his strength is coverage. Mac Wilson, with all of his physical ability, uh, they don't draft bad athletes at Alabama at linebacker. So maybe the 49ers shy from going back into the well at linebacker from the University of Alabama. Maybe he's got some skeletons in his closet that uh, I didn't hear about. But at this point, the fifth round, Mac Wilson. So that's an interesting pick for me here for the Shadow 49ers and track him versus Dre Greenlaw uh, versus some of the other linebackers I liked in this draft that went in the fifth round that I also liked better than Dre Greenlaw, like a Ben Burkirvin who went to the Seattle Seahawks, super athletic, undersized linebacker and other See, that's the thing. If the 49ers really wanted that type, an undersized, really fast athletic linebacker, I think there were better versions of that. Ben Burkirvin actually went before the 49ers pick, though, in the fifth round, but who was still on the board here was Blake Cashman, Minnesota linebacker, who blew up the combine, had had really great workouts across the board with his athleticism. And so uh, interesting selection there in the fifth round for the 49ers. And uh, I'm really going to be watching in and see how many of these players the 49ers drafted in the fifth and sixth round, who stick and who actually make the roster because it's going to be difficult. I think it's going to be really difficult. And that that's part of that is because of the depth that's on the, the 49ers team right now. And they finally built this thing to a point where it's going to be difficult to make the roster. So I agree with John Lynch when he talks about how good the roster is and how deep it is and how it's going to be hard for some of these guys 
to make the team. And so that's going to be one of the interesting things for me to watch with the late round picks is who's who's making it. But I think a guy like Mac Wilson is going to be a starter in the NFL at linebacker. I'm not as confident about Dre Greenlaw to say the same thing. Uh, by the way, Mac Wilson going to the Browns in the fifth round. Round six. Now we're getting into sleeper mode. Getting Finally get some of these guys that you know you watch from small schools that you get excited about. And uh, I've been just drafting guys that are kind of sliding down the board to this point. But Corey Ballantyne, cornerback from Washburn. Really good height, weight, speed player. And you want to be able to dominate your opponents when you come from a small school. That's one of the first things I look for. And he did that. And he's super physical. He showed out at the Senior Bowl, which is really important. Ran 4.47 at just around 6 feet, 200 pounds. I think he has a chance to stick in the league for a long time and uh, potentially earn a big role for an NFL team. Got drafted by the New York Giants. What's crazy with him, and you hope this kind of an event helps him during his career and is something that propels him forward and doesn't, you know, doesn't hurt him somehow or show that there's some other things going on in his life. But Corey Ballantyne, hours after the draft, actually got shot. And minor injuries for him. He's going to be fine, and he's going to be able to go to, to OTAs and do, I think, everything in the offseason. So that's good news for him. But the guy he was with, one of his best friends, actually passed away of getting shot. And so I don't know the complete story there. But wow, just right after the draft, uh, a, a nightmare scenario for Corey Ballantyne. Hopefully he's able to come out of that situation and maybe even grow from it and, and use that as some motivation and have a great NFL career. But uh, just a, a rough thing, the best thing to happen in a young man's life if you get drafted in the NFL. I mean, what's greater than that? And then you are getting shot at and your friend gets murdered. That, that's kind of a crazy story. Well, we were in sleeper mode for a little while, but then it's like you start to see some names that are on the board. Already went wide receiver in DK Metcalf, but... Kelvin Harmon, wide receiver from NC State. And I had been sort of not as high on Kelvin Harmon as some people were because some people liked him as a as an early second round pick, had him as a top five wide receiver. I had him toward the end of my top 10, but still had him as a top 10 guy. I think maybe seven or eight is where I had him on my wide receivers list. And he's not a burner. He's actually the opposite of Metcalf. Metcalf is a boomer bust player, super high upside, but you could see where things might not go well for him in the NFL Kelvin Harmon's the opposite. It's like, dude, this guy can go on the field as a rookie and ball. I think the best comp for him that you hear a lot is Anquan Bolden because of that physical style. He's 6'2", 221 pounds, only ran a 4'6 flat at the combine. And he's not the fastest guy, but he, he gets open enough. And he's got pure, really strong hands. He can be a chain mover in the NFL, number two type wide receiver, and just has no business being on the board here. And I think that speaks to the depth of this draft. This is really a deep draft class and an insanely deep wide receiver class in a deep draft class. So Kelvin Harmon somehow still gets on the board. I think he would have definitely been a day two pick in some drafts, but a bunch of teams already drafted wide receivers because there are so many good ones. And so we're seeing some of these guys fall. Emmanuel Hall can blaze. And I think he's stylistically a little bit too similar to DK Metcalf for me to take here. But I think, and he's rated one spot behind me for wide receivers from Kelvin Harmon. So I'm going to go with the players a little bit different and the player that is rated slightly higher in Kelvin Harmon. But Emmanuel Hall can flat out fly and he's got some good hands and he can get down the field. Uh, Mike Wallace type of a wide receiver. Uh, he ended up going undrafted, which blows me away. And he's signed with the Chicago Bears. 
And another guy who I thought would definitely be someone who would end up a shadow 49er because I'd be having to draft some sleepers here in the sixth round is UC Davis wide receiver Keelan Doss. I've talked about him a little bit on the program. 6'2", 205 pounds, insanely productive at UC Davis, over 4,000 career receiving yards. At his pro day, he ran a 4'4'8", so he checks all the boxes, had a good senior bowl week. He went undrafted. Uh, he got picked up by the Oakland Raiders and, and another player that I think had no business going undrafted and could make some waves for the Oakland Raiders. A good pickup by them. And he was on John Gruden's North squad at the Senior Bowl. So, you know, they liked him and, and had a chance to work with him. And now I think a, a guy who is a draft darling and a, a small school sleeper for a lot of draft Knicks out there. And I love the way he plays. He might not be the biggest, fastest guy in the world, but Jimmy Moreland is going to be my final selection for the 2019 49ers shadow draft cornerback out of James Madison. Uh, Obviously, when you're a smaller cornerback, you're going to get, you know, labeled as the slot guy. And I think he definitely will end up playing a slot cornerback for actually hold on. I just realized this both Kelvin Harmon and Jimmy Moreland got drafted by the Washington Redskins, who had an insanely good draft. But the dude is just a baller. He's a flat-out baller and, and someone I definitely expect to stick in the NFL and potentially turn some heads. You just, those guys, we just love the way they play. Jimmy Moreland is definitely one of those guys, and I know a lot of people out there in the draft community loved him, and so I got to snatch him up here in the sixth round, even though I've already taken a cornerback. You hope that one of those small school guys, one of those sleepers in Corey Ballantyne or Jimmy Moreland hit big for me. So that's it. That's the 2019 Shadow 49ers to run through them once again very quickly. Nick Bosa, DK Metcalf, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Drew Samaya, Mac Wilson, Corey Ballantyne, Kelvin Harmon, and Jimmy Moreland. Now let's get to that Locked On 49ers mailbag. Let's kick it off with Jeffrey who says the 49ers might be overvaluing their roster and this is something I asked you guys on yesterday's show, what you thought about that. And I got a good, a lot of good responses on Twitter. This is a Jeffrey via email. He said, we have seen this before. Last year, the Niners liked their wide receivers while everyone else knew that group was subpar. The result, the group was subpar. We didn't pick up an edge because the Niners really liked Marsh, despite everyone knowing Marsh is average at best. The result, Marsh was, Marsh was subpar and was cut. Now the Niners really like their secondary, despite everyone seeing that the group could be significantly improved. I think the Niners are poorly self-scouting and our secondary will be the Achilles heel for us this season. I think you're on the right path here, Jeffrey. I will say that I don't think the 49ers secondary is as bad as their wide receiving core has been in the past or as bad as their edge rush was last year. The edge rush was the thing. And people used to get mad at me last summer. I was crushing the 49ers all summer long saying, how could you not have for the last two years drafted the second most position, most important position in the NFL. How could you have not addressed that? And people got mad because they're like, no, they're fine there. And they kind of, you know, bought into what the 49ers were selling there with Marsh and and the rest of the group being really good on the outside. And they were kind of waiting to see what Solomon Thomas was going to be and Eric Armstead. Remember when they made Eric Armstead lose a bunch of weight to play defensive end, to play the Leo spot in 2017, which now seems like hilarious. It's insane. So I don't think the 49ers secondary is on that level, but I do think that there's a path to the secondary being really bad because last year they performed poorly. And I think the pass rush is definitely going to help. I think if they are healthy, that's going to help even more. That, that'll, that'll be a huge key because 
you can't really expect Jason Verrett and Jimmy Ward to both be healthy all season. In fact, if you combined both players, I would put the over under at maybe eight games that both of those players are on the field. If you get a half a season out of those guys, I think you, you're in good shape, which is unfortunate because I think there's some definite talent there. And Jason Verrett has played at an insanely high level, but he's had massive injuries. And even when those guys are healthy after all these injuries, they start to mount up and you wonder who they're actually going to be at that point. So free safety, if he's hurt, now you're down to uh, DJ Reed, who I like more in the slot as a cornerback than as a free safety, and Adrian Colbert, obviously. And Adrian, Adrian Colbert showed a ton of flashes as a rookie in 2017. Last year was up and down for the short time he was on the field and then got hurt himself and was out for the year. And so he was a player that they didn't, you know, he's a seventh round pick. And so you're going to put all of your faith on that going forward. Do they like him that much? And who's it going to be? Is it going to be Colbert or is it going to be Ward to start the season as a starter? So that's an interesting camp battle that I think will be fun to watch. And here's the thing is, I think that they could be good. Both of those guys could be good, but I'm not sold completely either. And the injuries, and it's just like, uh, you, I'm not okay with stamping that position as done and ready to go. And you feel that same way, to me at least, I feel that same way about cornerback. I don't know what Tarverius Moore is. I have no clue what Tarverius Moore is at corner. Maybe he ends up being safety. Maybe... That helps fix the safety position, but now you need a corner. So I think they should have for sure addressed a little bit more urgently the secondary just to be sure. And they had the draft capital to do it. And I think that's where the 49ers, if they did get cute at all a little bit, if they did play around a little bit too much and overvalue their roster, the secondary might be that spot. Because if you look at any statistical numbers and uh, the advanced statistics and in by any degree the secondary even when you take out the pass rush because the 49ers were pretty were league averages as a pass rushing team because they had such a good interior rush the secondary performed really bad so they have to bounce back in a huge way I think D Ford and Nick Bosa are going to be massive to helping the guys and health is going to be a huge key as well for the 49ers secondary Let's see. Oh, here's a perfect one. Let's finish it off with Basilio. And by the way, we will be getting back into this mailbag. So keep those questions coming on Twitter at BDPeacock or email LockedOn49ers at Gmail. And we'll be hitting those with Nick on Winky Wednesday tomorrow. But Basilio's got the opposite viewpoint here. He says, I don't think the Niners got cute. I do believe the Niners have a strong confidence in their roster, but I don't believe their confidence in the roster is what altered their draft. Here's what's obvious about Kyle. He loves versatility. He loves players that bring more than what their position title is asked to do. All three running backs can motion out to slot receiver. Juice can catch as well. The Jalen pick is just the same. He can send Jalen out as running back, wide receiver, or tight end. This versatility gives Kyle a huge edge by hiding his personnel. He can motion Jalen in different spots to create mismatches. A D coordinator, you wouldn't know how to treat him. I like you, didn't like the pick initially, but when I started to think about it, this pick will end up being a genius pick. Who cares when a team picks a player as long as they get the guys they really want? Okay, no, and yeah, I, I'm with you, Basilio, and thank you for the email. I'm with you about, it doesn't matter where they get picked, pick the right guys, and if they turn out to be good, then then that's awesome, and, and we'll see what happens with all of that. And I do like the versatility. I think that's great. I think Kyle Shanahan already has so much of that like, if Jalen Hurd is great, then it doesn't matter. It's like, yes, he's awesome. Play him in all those positions if he plays them all well and you have a, a weapon, and, and absolutely. There are some diminishing returns when all your 
when all you have is versatility, it's like, okay, that's great. But is Jalen Hurd as a high third round pick? Is he going to play? How many snaps is he going to play? Because he's not going to start over Goodwin or over Pettis or over Debo Samuel. So he's the the fourth wide receiver at best. And that's if he earns an, an outside role. Trent Taylor. So fifth, I mean, you know, how how's he going to work in at wide receiver in being one of the more raw receivers now on the team? Where is he at on the depth chart at wide receiver? You know, maybe fourth at the highest, probably more like fifth or sixth as a rookie or seventh, depending on how many wide receivers the 49ers carry. So if he's playing tight end, George Kittle's your all pro tight end is out there all the time. So you're, unless you're running two tight ends all the time and Jalen Hurd beats out everybody else as the number two tight end as a rookie, which would be a surprise, and he's not going to be on the field all that much. You've got four other really good running backs. How's he going to get in there? So it's great if he can play all those positions. It'd be awesome if he could play them all well, but where, when's he going to play? So I, I really don't think we'll see what Jalen Hurd is for a couple of seasons. And if, like Kyle Shanahan said, he's going to be more of a 240-pound-plus guy at that point, then get him in the tight end room now and start using him in some packages as a rookie, have him start to gain some weight. You can get him close to almost 240 probably by the time the season starts, at least get him up into the 230s. He's 227 pounds, I think, right now. Use him as a gadget player and, you know, maybe in the red zone and you can do some things with him. And then really the the ultimate goal here would to be to have that Delaney Walker in year two and year three. And so that would be the plan. And, and if he becomes that good, then that's great. But right now, just versatility is not enough. He's got to have a position, and he's got to be on the field enough to utilize that versatility. So that's what I question is, when is he going to be on the field, and where is he going to be impactful? All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks, everybody, for getting those mailbag questions in. Keep them coming. We're going to hit them tomorrow with Nick and probably throughout the week because there's a lot of good ideas and questions and a lot of things to think about here now that the 49ers, now that we've seen who the 49ers brought in, how are they going to utilize these players? And so... I'm continually thinking of new questions and, and ideas with these guys, and you wrap your head around who they actually have and how they're going to use them, and who's a good pick, who's that guy that you don't feel right about, and we'll break down all of these rookies in depth right here on Locked On 49ers.